Hooked on Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 41 of Hooked on Sports here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever you can get your podcasting streaming services. My name is John Flynn, and thank you so very much for joining me for this uh, for this incredible Football Monday edition of Hooked on Sports. We're going to get into, we're going to sprinkle some NBA, we're going to sprinkle some hockey, but... But I am so pumped for the NFL season. And I told you uh, last week I was so excited for, for football. And and there there is a lot to get into uh, over the course uh, of this podcast. I want to get into the I want to get into the Eagles. I want to get into Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to get into the Lions who blew a lead late in the fourth, late in the game against the against Trubisky and the Bears. But I want to start with the good in the NFL. And I want to start with the game last night between the Cowboys and the Rams. And much of the media attention this morning was pinned toward the Dallas Cowboys. And rightfully so. And uh, rightfully so, given the status of the Dallas Cowboys in some, in terms of the, of the media. So, so Dak was eh. The offensive line was eh. Secondary was bad because because they they missed Byron Jones and and Robert Quinn up front. Alden Smith ha- had a good game and I think he's gonna he was a steal for the Cowboys. But the Cowboys were a bunch of eh. The Rams knew what they were doing, and the reason why I told you on Wednesday that the Rams were gonna were gonna upset the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Was because of Sean McVay, the, the the coaching and the game plan the L.A. Rams ran worked to perfection. They ran the ball efficiently. Um, they kept Dallas's high flying offense off the field. Um, with with Dak, Zeke, Amari, Gallup, whatever. And the, there were, there were huge moments in this game that favored the Rams. And I think the most important thing, I think the biggest difference. In the Rams' victory over the Cowboys last night, what was was in the crunch time situations on third and fourth down? The, the Rams were nine of seventeen on third down. They they converted their only fourth down attempt. The Cowboys were three of twelve on third down. They were one of three on fourth down, include, including including uh, that controversial decision by Mike McCarthy to go for it on 4th and 1 inside the 15-yard line where a field goal would have tied it. But if you're the Cowboys, I don't think the Cowboys should be panicking that much. Because because the Cowboys' schedule I get, gets gets easier after this. They they have Atlanta. They have home games against the Browns, who who are a mess. The Giants, who are going to be bad this year. The Cardinals. I think the the Cardinals just went went on beat San Francisco. I think the Cowboys should be able to win that game too. But the but the Rams uh, proved me a couple of things. One, the NFC West is going to be the best division in the NFL this year. Look! Look at look at the talent. Look at the quarterbacks. Look at the defenses. The NFC West is going to be the best division in football, bar none. 
You have San you have San Francisco who who lost. Seattle went to Atlanta and killed the Falcons. Um, you you had the you had the Rams winning, and and then Kyler Murray taking down the uh, one of the league's best defenses um, in, in week number one. And 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 another thing that the, that the Rams are going to remain a relevant team uh, because they have they have Sean McVay. J- Jared Goff looked good. I, I I like the I like the running attack even without Tom Gurley. That so that it's it's up to the coach to to uh, to uh, get get the running backs up to speed. It's up to the coach to make make sure the defenses is defenses are great. But uh, but I I think the the big moment in in the in the game to me. Um, was at, at at the end with the Cowboys with the chance to get into field goal range for Greg Zerline was the offensive pass interference call on Michael Gallup and to Jalen Ramsey's credit he did a really uh, he he did a fine job uh, draw, drawing the penalty but you can't call that offensive pass interference you just can't <laughs> there, there was there wasn't much uh, it wasn't obvious. Uh, for uh, for there to be offensive pass interference, so I I think if if you're the Cowboys, you're, you're Cowboys fans, you should be sick. But uh, but it's it's not it's not to me it's not going to be the same old Cowboys for for one week. I don't think Cowboys fans should be talking about that. I do think the Cowboys are go are going to bounce back, and I think they're going to take care of business against the Atlanta Falcons this week. But. <clears throat> But the people are are talking are talking about the Cowboys. I'm gonna talk about the Rams, and be, be, because because that that's what I sense in terms of the, of the fairness. That that's why I that's why I strive to be fair. People are gonna talk about the Cowboys, but I'm gonna talk about the Rams, and and and, th- and that that's what people should should be should be looking at when it comes to the Rams. That you you have. And that, and and with the Rams, you don't think that that you that you you could argue they have the fourth best quarterback in the in the division, maybe the third. It's 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 Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff. You could flip flop them either way, and and either one uh, could could be accurate. Uh, but yeah, but if the Rams can win these types of games, I I think I think uh, the the NFC West. Possibly can uh, can have three, two or three teams in, in the playoffs. I don't think uh, uh, the the NFC is weak enough for, for the for the division to field the the conference's three wild cards. But the Rams are going to be a team to watch, uh, and I think they'll they'll be in the playoff conversation all season. And and last night's game showed why. It was upset Sunday across the National Football League, but it didn't matter to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson uh, it played played on Sunday like a man on a mission, and he was efficient on that mission too uh, for, for the first phase. Twenty of twenty-five, two hundred seventy-five yards, three touchdowns against the Browns. He led, led, led the team in rushing with forty-five rushing yards, and and, and Lamar was was just a uh, was just a show. Was Lamar Jackson a one-man show in the game against the Browns on Sunday? No, and a lot of that has to do with Eric DaCosta, and the and 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 the the fact that that Eric DaCosta proved his genius once again 
That's why I picked the Baltimore Ravens to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens are better than I think as as good as, as good as Kansas City looked against Houston. With, with with the talent Cleveland had, Baltimore looked totally superior on all three phases: offense, defense, special teams. And that and and there were the, there were three main. Uh, Eric DaCosta acquisitions that all made immediate impacts uh, in the game on Sunday. Patrick Queen, J.K. Dobbins, and Calais Campbell. Patrick Queen led, led the team in tackles, had his first NFL sack, forced a fumble, Baltimore recovered, took it back for a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins ran for his first two NFL touchdowns. Calais Campbell uh, pressured Bacon Mayfield. He exposed a weakness in the interior of Cleveland's offensive line. And and he def- and he deflected three passes and 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 uh, w- made a big difference in that defensive line. Baltimore's roster is complete from top to bottom. Secondary was fantastic, limiting Baker Mayfield to under five yards per pass attempt. They had an interception that was deflected. The offensive line was pretty good. I think that that they they held up fine without Marshall Yanda. So, but at the but at the end of the day, you you look at you look at the coaches, and you you look at the comparison between John Harbaugh and Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski, there's no uh, let, let me let me make this clear about Kevin Stefanski. Anything that uh, anything better than Freddie Kitchens was was a major upgrade in every single way possible. And I and I, and that's why I picked uh, why why I tabbed the Browns to make the playoffs. But if Kevin Stefanski can't get the can't get this the team right, the Browns are gonna be in a gonna be in a boatload of trouble uh, uh, with the talent they have. Um, uh, lots of wasted talent that 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 could go go down the chutes quickly. And I think I I think it, it it ought to be urgent to get ready for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals on a short week. I want to get into uh, to, to some of the bad, and I want to so I want to start with with the bad with the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, from the the first twenty five minutes of of the game, first twenty seven minutes of the game, the Philadelphia Eagles were the superior team in everything. They are uh, they they um, they got efficient uh, they got efficient offense with Carson Wentz throwing to Jay, uh, throwing bombs to Jalen Rager and and, uh, and utilizing Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard in the game and uh, effective running game without Miles Sanders. But 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 you, you uh, but. Carson Wentz knew uh, that that the, that the team's success last year rid on his right arm. Carson Wentz knows the same is going to happen this year, and and and, and after the two minute warning, so the the Eagles got complacent. He got complacent. Throws an interception. Uh, uh, Washington converts it for a touchdown. Um, in in the second half, I Wentz's se- uh, Wentz's second possession. Um, the first the first possession for the Eagles after the second half uh, after the halftime, Wentz throws another interception. Washington turns it into a touchdown. And 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 how and how about this? The Eagles going for it on fourth and three uh, at midfield, and, and Wentz gets sacked. Oh, uh, one of eight sacks Washington's uh, front seven had on Philadelphia's offensive line. That was without Brandon Brooks, and that was without Lane Johnson. That was without Andre Dillard. That that's basically three fifths of of the offensive line that um, uh, that 
didn't play. And to, to Washington's credit, that the front seven is going to be the strength of their team all season, and and, and they, they 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 could they could wreck a lot of things in the standings when it's all said and done because uh, because their front seven is absolutely ferocious. And and, and Chase Young played played a big role in Washington's comeback too. But if the Eagles are going to uh, are going to make the playoffs, and I still think that there's there's uh, the, there's uh, they can with with the with the coach, the quarterback, they have to play a lot better. Carson Wentz has to play a lot better, and their schedule does not get any easier. They have the Rams on Sunday. I think they can win on Sunday against the Rams, and then then, then they have Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Then after that, they have they're on the road in San Francisco for prime time, at Pittsburgh, home against Lamar and the Ravens. That is not an easy schedule, ladies and gentlemen. San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Baltimore—you can make the case three of the top four defenses in the NFL. And the Philadelphia Eagles are going to face all of them in succession. F- Philadelphia is 0-1 right now, but. The Eagles could be in a world of trouble if they don't beat the Rams on Sunday. How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And uh, uh, with with the Buccaneers, I I saw a lot of, you know, I I saw a lot of baggage from Tampa Bay on Sunday. Tom Brady uh, looked out of sync with Mike Mike Evans, who who missed uh, a lot of time in practice. That... But Brady throws an interception because of a missed route by by Mike Evans. Saints converted for a touchdown. You, you see the pattern here, right? With with Philadelphia losing and Tampa Bay losing. The uh, and then the Saints uh, found different found a way to win a game despite uh, in spite of the uh, the. The challenges that Tampa Bay's de- uh, defense posed uh, early on that that Drew Brees threw, threw a, a lot a lot of dumps to Kamara. Al- Alvin Kamara showed up after his contract extension. By the way, uh, that he he had two touchdowns, a, a pass touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. So, but but Tampa Bay looked incons- uh, inconsistent on Sunday. That that was the bottom line, and and they looked bad. And if if you, if if Tom Brady go, goes from from a system that he was he was familiar with for two decades under Bill Belichick and uh, and un- understood the uh, understood the continuity of the Belichick Patriots, and th- th- then he goes over to Tampa Bay. And I, I like to justify things for the for uh, if, if for those of you that know me, I like to justify things. The reason I didn't have Tampa Bay going to the Super Bowl was be- was because of the baggage uh, that the Buccaneers were capable uh, of, br- of bringing out on a weekly basis. And, and and because of that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked like a mediocre team against one of the one of the three or four best rosters in the NFL on Sunday in Kansas City. No, in um in um New Orleans. Uh, excuse me, uh, but but the, there there is but this is this was part of the envision that I had with Tom Brady taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to Championship Sunday. They're going to start four and four, I think. Maybe maybe three and five. We'll see how that we'll see how this uh, how how it unfolds. 
but but then once Brady uh, once Bruce Arians allows Brady to get in into this groove with uh, with Evans Godwin and all all the uh, all the tools that Brady has in his possession once he figures that out Tampa, Tampa Bay is going to be a team that's going to be unstoppable but the, but the, the, the Saints the Saints proved a point uh, that 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 the te- teams with the continuity th- they're probably going to be the ones with the, with the best chance to be be successful in the first half of the season where you didn't have preseason where, where you didn't have OTAs where, where where you didn't have a normal training camp that's why the Saints took down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday with with McVeigh with Breeze with that defense. And Tampa Bay's offensive line didn't play particularly well, uh, well either. That that Brady did not have a great offensive line with New England, and and, and his offensive line of uh, performance yesterday, eh, nothing, nothing, nothing greater, nothing worse, eh. Now to the ugly of week number one, and I want to start start this with the Detroit Lions. Rebuilding since 1957. You you could look at the Lions in in, in this respect. The, the Lions' offense w- would be oh, uh, w- was going to be respectable with Matthew Stafford, and even without Kenny Galladay, Matthew Stafford uh, w- was the reason the Lions got out to, uh, to that big lead. That that he he made made good decisions. He <clears throat> he kept the team on the field on third downs. He made ma- made the Bears' defense look pedestrian at best. But uh, but the 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 idea of of Stafford uh, of Stafford uh, coming back was that they, they would score more touchdowns than, than they did not field goals touchdowns and because of that that that's what kept the Bears in the game and it, it d- doesn't help when you when you have when when the Lions feel out one of the league's worst defenses and Mike. Gosh, I've been saying this for months. The Lions' defense is going to be terrible this season, every way possible. The the, the, the Lions have no secondary. Although they, although Jeff Okuda made, made his Lions debut, and I think he could be something special. They really don't have anything at the linebacker position, and to make matters worse, Jamie Collins got ejected for uh, for unnecessary contact with an official. Um, Matt Patricia. The uh, but the Lions are going. Uh, I I think when you have Mitch Trubisky, and I know Trubisky came in, came into uh, to the game with excellent numbers against the Lions throughout his career. But if 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 a, if a quarterback who had a lot of trouble completing the forward pass last year throws three fourth quarter touchdowns in, in a in a ten minute span against you. You don't belong in the win column. The 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 the, the way the Lions uh, played in the fourth quarter, that's going to set the tone for the whole season and Matt Patricia's final season as an NFL head coach. I don't see how Matt Patricia becomes a, a head coach uh, after he gets fired by the Lions at the end of the season. I just don't. The the, the Lions they uh they uh, they I. And and the thing I told you about about the Lions and why I wanted them to trade Matthew Stafford what, what, what was to was to rebuild. It was blatantly obvious. And this this is not 
Uh, this is not something to, uh, toward Matthew Stafford. He he uh, he is an, a talented quarterback, a great arm, bad franchise. But but the the idea that the uh, that the Lions wanted to sit sit around and and think about and think think they could win this year with that with that defense with that offensive line, uh, with with wide receivers not named Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay on the roster. That that's going to be something that's going to be really hard for for for, uh, for, for this Lions team to fathom. And 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 the Lions learned the hard way on Sunday against the Bears. You are listening to Hooked on Sports on Spotify, Copy RSS, Radio Public, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. Now back to the show. Here's John Flynn. It was painfully obvious. That Mike D'Antoni was never the coach for the Houston Rockets to win a championship, and you you, you look at the Rockets and, and and how they were structured and and how they got there, so that that they the Rockets have the two Western Conference Finals appearances. They lose both of them to Golden State. They get they get torched uh, by by the Lakers in the in, in the conference in the conference semifinals, but. What the Houston Rockets should have done was was clean house, and that's what they needed to do. And I've been saying this for years that that they they that I needed them to fire Mike D'Antoni. D'Antoni actually um uh quit quit the team, so that's good. I I also called for the for either for the Rockets to either trade James Harden or Russell Westbrook for first round picks and start rebuilding. And the Houston Rockets are winning nothing as long as LeBron stays in the West. Well, when, once LeBron retires, the, the floodgates will open up for the Rockets to win a championship. That, the, I, I, no, nothing else for me to explain. The Houston Rockets were destined to fail, and it didn't matter if it was small ball or not. That it was good that the Rockets were, the season was going to end in the first two rounds of the NBA playoffs. No question about it. That the the with with the way way the Rockets played, they were so isolational that they that they occasionally allowed Russ Westbrook um to, to shoot uncontested. Why? Because uh, because of the inconsistencies of Russell Westbrook, and with with, with Russell Westbrook that that he he is an he is an inconsistent playoff performer. That that's the that's the reality of the situation, and you you you, you could you could talk about the Lakers and talk about how overrated they, they could be, but the but I think the Rockets uh, to me are a ways a, a ways away from a championship, and and Harden and Westbrook aren't going to aren't, aren't going to get those accolades on, on, unless they get they get a better coach or. Or, or they 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 have a, a better uh, they have a, a a coach who under understands that 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 that, that you you know that they, they need they need to be efficient at what they do and that's what the Rockets weren't against the Lakers and that's why their season ended on sun on uh, in, a, in a five game romp after winning game one of that series and losing the next five the uh, next four to uh, to end their se- season. In a five-game series loss, 
The Denver Nuggets, surprisingly, have come back from a three games to one deficit again, and they force a game seven again. Um, a force game seven tomorrow night against the LA Clippers, and uh, for. <clears throat> For all what it's worth for the Clippers, that that ha having everything I, I've been praising about the Clippers, that means nothing to Doc Rivers if they don't win Game 7 on tomorrow night. It means nothing. So, and so it, it would be best for, uh, for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to be, uh, to be at their best. And it, it, it would be wise for Doc Rivers to not take anything for granted again. And you look at the Denver Nuggets, and they're playing with house money. They, and they, they have a proven track record. They've already come back from one, down 1-3 to win a series uh, in the bubble. And a win tomorrow night would, uh, would mean they do it again. No team in the history of the NBA has ever uh, come back from three games to one twice in the same postseason. To uh to uh win, win a series, and they they can do just that tomorrow night. That 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 the and that the Nuggets were fantastic the last two two days. That Jokic is making plays. That they're that they're neutralizing the the Clippers offense um around the basket. That they're they're distributing to uh, to Paul Millsap and 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 a bunch of brothers out there. That they're 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 doing they're doing fantastic. Jamal Murray is is in his playoff form, but, but I still think the Clippers are going to win because because I think Kawhi and uh, because of Kawhi and Paul George because I think uh, they're they're going to uh, find a way to survive because I think that the Clippers are a better team than the Jazz. But if the if the Clippers do not win tomorrow night, I think there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding the future of Kawhi and PG-13 in LA together with the Clippers. There is an immense amount of pressure on on the Clippers tomorrow night, and if they don't win, it's going to get very ugly in LA. This the next thing is something I was right upon. The Tampa Bay Lightning were going to torch the New York Islanders. The the Lightning were up three games to one, and they're 60 minutes away from the Stanley Cup final. And and for for what it's worth, Braden Point has has participated in only three games. The three games that Tampa Bay has won so far in the series. And, and 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 it it was it, and I I said before on the onset of the series that the Lightning were a far superior team offensively and defensively to to, to the Islanders and the Islanders learned the hard way of how good Tampa Bay's defense is and and John Cooper's bunch uh, ha, has them playing up to speed although it, 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 although Islanders fans might might say they're playing dirty and. And 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 they do have their case, but but the Islanders' power play has been terrible. That that the the goaltending has been average. The uh, Matt Barzell has not has has not played well in the series. That the Islanders' first line has been completely inferior to, to Tampa Bay's first line, and that that's why they're down three games to one. And their series is likely going to, and their season is likely going to end on either Tuesday or Thursday night.
uh, of this week. So, so, so it, it was a tremendous run for the Islanders. Barry Trotz uh, is, is the right guy. He uh, they have the right system in place to uh, to win, win a championship. Now the Islanders need to go out this offseason and, and, and get and get some big time weapons up front because uh, because the Islanders are not going to win a Stanley Cup uh, uh, with, with with the with the forwards that they have, and 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 that 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 saying something right now with with the Islanders. So, and, and, but all hands on deck for, for for the Islanders next next couple of days. And that's going to do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. I will be back here on the podcast on Wednesday to break down the matchups for week number two with the National Football League. And I'm very excited for some of the matchups in, in week number two. I'm looking forward to the Chargers taking on the Chiefs, both teams coming off wins. Uh, New England and Seattle is going to be my pick for game of the week. You have, you have some familiar rivalries with the, with the Patriots and Seahawks from, from that Super Bowl rematch. You have Cam Newton going up against Russell Wilson. They had a lot of spirited battles when, when they were with Seattle and Carolina respectively. And I think the, the, the slate of games this week is going to be a, another gem like it was in week number one. And I'm looking forward to uh, to um, give uh, breaking down my picks against the spread and my picks straight up. So until then, this is John Flynn signing off, saying goodbye everybody, and I'll be back on the podcast on Wednesday, guys. So long.